0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Greg Dutcher is sitting across from me today. Greg, what's going on, man?
1: Dude, who are you? I don't I know. Uh, we, we haven't seen each other, seen all, each other
0: in three weeks, but wow. we haven't missed one releasing of a podcast.
1: That is awesome. So that is awesome. technology is a beautiful thing, isn't it? It sure is, hmm. man. It sure is. Yeah, All of us, even our special guest, who is really a regular guest. Yes. Almost part of the panel. I think he's rather special. I, I think he's special. <laughs> yeah. I think he's special. We'll
0: keep him we, around. Yeah, we, we've all, all right.
1: been vacationing, man. We're yeah. we're just gonna. It's gonna be so hard to get back in the groove, man. But we'll do it.
0: Yeah, we'll do it. Um, and in the vein of uh, vacationing. Um, we have gotten some emails uh, from some people being like, uh, "So I won this contest, and I haven't received uh, um, the prize yet. I haven't even received a message. Just wondering what's going on with that?" Um, because Paper we've all, yeah, yeah, exactly, right. psych. Um, because we've all been on vacation, um, it, it's just been difficult to get things out. Um, so Crazy. please give us, you know, like another week or two, and we'll be back on track and back in the groove of things.
1: Like I think there's a Rob Goodell. Rob, you rock. Man, not roger goodell he doesn't need books he's the uh nfl ceo makes 43 million a year <laughs> and if that was you you'd be sending me books but rob i think you were one of the dudes who reach out to me if i've got your name right forgive me if and i've been saying i'm gonna say it on this podcast uh, we're recording august 1 this yes. will release august 2 um and let me make it easy nathan yeah just uh email me directly because sometimes if these go to 11 email i forget to check it doesn't mm-hmm. sync right just email me G Dutcher at how's this for a narcissistic email me.com,
2: dot <laughs> that, that comes apples. from Apple doesn't that it Yeah is, I've got an m e address too the, the old <laughs> m e yeah.
1: G Dutcher at me I've
2: got like six email addresses all because they forced me to Yeah so to, to be part of Comcast you got to have same a Comcast yeah same here so, Oh it drives me nuts Or yeah. the, uh,
1: the the passwords How all hard up. is it yes. to just have one standard password because now you put oh put in you a can't. twelve This one has to have a cap. Two numbers a cat. That one needs
2: a couple numbers a and characters. Right? And yeah. <laughs>
1: Come on, dude. Let me just use one password: one two three four. There, there's my password. Everybody. Isn't that uh, the uh, old uh, uh, uh,
0: Spaceballs password with uh, Mel that, Brooks? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Man. What is kind of an idiot would? Door? Be? <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I send that to me g.dutcher at Hey, I was mentioned, or it was a while ago, and I have. I'm going to straighten out all the book stuff before summer is out. Cool. Uh, Just got to sit down with my MacBook and fire everything out. We'll we'll get you taken care of.
0: Excellent. Um, So now that we've got the apology out of the way, we've got a quick announcement from our sponsor, Olive Tree.
1: Olive Tree, man. If you have not checked out Olive Tree, great resources, Bible resources. Uh, I, I can't say it enough. I use it literally every week. Um, I usually read, uh, my Bible on the olive tree app. I've got so many commentaries already integrated in my Bible tree app, maps, study guides, dictionaries, encyclopedias, uh, and just popular level books too. You can get, you know, a lot of the Christian books that you want. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you, just haven't come from the beach guys. Uh, a lot of people don't like it and I get it. I kind of am getting into reading stuff on my devices, mm. uh, cause I always know I have it. At night, I never have to worry about a light.
2: Don't. Yeah. Just you, don't tell John Piper, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Yeah, I'm not sure if John uh, – I don't know how John feels about that. He did He did blog on that, didn't he? Did, he did, didn't he? Yeah, uh-huh. he did. Wait, you mean Piper has an opinion on something? Uh-huh. Wait, did I say that out loud? I thought I just Um But, uh, yeah, great, great stuff. And uh, check it out. Uh, and if you use our promo code SUSTAIN, I think the 11 is not part of it anymore. Just the word SUSTAIN. Um, that's our promo code. Insider joke to Spinal Tap. Sustain. Do you hear that sustain? Um, and uh, that is our promo code to get you twenty percent off Olive Tree. And uh, check them out.
0: Awesome. And we are um, getting into the habit. We're going to be starting to throw all of our uh, sponsor uh, notes uh, or in the beginning of our show notes. We're going to just put those up there so people can access it uh, more easily. Absolutely. So um uh, one other quick announcement. Uh don't forget we've got the uh Beer Fest contest from uh Honey Go Wine and Spirits. Um so we wanna just remind you guys that we have one ticket that we're gonna give away on these go to eleven, one ticket that we're gonna give away on Pop Culture Ninja. So if you are subscribed uh through Facebook or Twitter to these go to eleven and pop culture ninja, you have the opportunity to win two tickets. If you are only subscribed to one, you can only win one ticket. Sorry. Yes. Um, But that is going to be September 24th, uh, 2016. So this September from 12 to 4, we are going to uh, make the announcement for the winner in September. So you still have a whole nother month. The way you win is when we post things on Facebook. When we post things on Twitter, you retweet it out if it's on Twitter and then you repost uh to your wall on Facebook. Just blast it out there as much and you'll automatically be entered into the drawing. So it's a good what, time. What a
1: great event, dude. I know. Now, you missed it, right, Steve? We talked but missed I met it. a couple of your guys there. Right? Yeah. Was yeah. There? Uh, Jason was there, one of your guys. He's there every year. Yeah. he likes that thing. It was just a great,
2: yeah,
0: kick mm.
1: back, relax, get some. I mean, some of that beer, dude, was yeah. phenomenal.
0: And this was last year was one of the smaller ones we had because of the weather. It and it was there, was still, and there was still there was still oh you know over a hundred people there.
1: Oh, it was uh, it was packed, and so. it was uh, it, oh man, what a great event uh i said it's definitely one i would say pace yourself yeah when you've got 30 different things i mean my personal conclusion was i can't sample all 30 right that was me but because what it was like a, a six ounce
0: glass. yeah you get a six ounce six ounce glass you give a six ounce glass yep and you take it and wander from vendor yeah. to vendor, go vendor yep, they got them on tap or they but, crack a bottle
1: and their knowledge base like the the guys at victory remember yep. the gold monkey I was asked some questions, and man, they just loved talking about it. They knew hmm. everything there was to tell you about the mix, and yeah, you know, um, you know what makes this taste different. It was just fascinating. It was, it was yep. a good time.
0: Yeah, the guys who come out really know their stuff. Um, these are, you know, the specific uh, vendors, the sales reps, so they know what they're talking about. They're able to interact with you on an intelligent level. Um, if you're a beer nerd and and know what's going on, so yeah. it's a good time.
1: Yeah, didn't we do some combination, dude? Like a chocolate peanut butter thing? Yes.
0: Yeah. There was, um, oh, well, which one was that? There that was, like was a chocolate stout. There was a chocolate stout from, I want to say it was, oh, Evolution had a chocolate mm-hmm. stout. That sounds right. And then, um, one of the other ones had a uh, peanut butter type yeah. thing going on. And so they were, they were, Co- collaborating together and you would mix it up and yeah, get I that shot it, yeah. it
1: was like a like a peanut butter fudge bar or yeah, something yeah.
0: Like i don't know why cool. you know, i love
2: peanut butter i oh. eat a lot of peanut butter yeah. i cannot do anything beer peanut butter or, okay it just, just doesn't work for me yeah. does it work for you really? it, it does yeah really? I,
0: I really enjoy it no. yeah it's more of a dessert thing it's really good to pair with something uh, like that yeah. uh-huh. um, so it brings out the flavors more huh. um but Maybe yeah. I'd
2: like it more if I only had a few ounces of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Full bottle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I would agree. Like the pairing, I, it's not something I'd picture myself sitting out on a porch necessarily right. drinking right. straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just, it just, you know, for what it was, yeah. it, was uh,
2: it was good. Well, Although, that- I, I have to admit, uh huh, staying at the, the friend's house where we were on this lake, um, last night, oh, should I admit this? I drank a Smirnoff.
1: Oh, oh man. Wow. I,
2: I felt a little bit like a girl when I, I was, was doing this, but... It. Uh, but I was really thirsty. And it was pretty tasty. So. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't bad. Yeah, hand me,
1: hand me your man card. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. No, I can't. Well, we just found out because uh, I was in Richmond. My, my dad every year, and shout out to Milk Dutcher, my favorite man on planet Earth. I'll say that he takes me, my brother Andy, his son Nick, my two boys Isaac and Ben, and um, we just do it every year. We just go somewhere: uh, Richmond, Harrisburg, uh, Allentown. There's got to be a minor league team there, so we see a minor oh, league baseball nice. uh-huh. Got to be a pool and maybe something. We pretty much just hang out. So we found this little pizza joint in Richmond. I can't remember the name of it or I'd love to give it a um, shout-out. I couldn't believe it. They've got happy hour prices. they got a pitcher of beer, yep. which is great for my dad. Now, my brother doesn't really drink too much. And all the choices, they've a uh, they got Miller Lite, Bud, Bud Light. Yingling, and a, a brown ale. I can't remember who made this brown ale. Of course, that's the one I was most interested in. Right. Dude, they were all five bucks. Hmm. And nice. I thought, and then I saw another table that had a Miller Lite pitcher, and I thought, I got the better end of that five Yeah. Months. Yeah. You did, yeah. Didn't you? I'm like, huh. you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This oh. cost the same as that Miller Lite, oh. uh, which is that technically a beer.
2: I, I think it's... I think it's... Tech, I think it's a urine um, special. I can't I was going to say it's dog <laughs> urine. All right. Good word. Urine. A, <laughs> yes,
1: it was... Dog pee. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I thought, man, five bucks for a picture of that, I was pretty happy. It was
0: good. My bad. Awesome. So, diving into uh, our topics today, I'm going to chill out just a little bit on this one. Let uh, Greg and Steve let you guys talk about this a little more. Um, today, we're going to be talking about worship services and styles, um, and the first point that we want to hit is that liturgical versus contemporary, uh-huh. um, if you will. So I'm just going to throw that out there, and um, I'm going to go ahead and say, Greg, why don't you start us off?
2: Yeah.
1: Steve, aren't, aren't liturgical services of Satan? Isn't that uh, <laughs> <laughs> something a Bible-believing Christian would embrace? is that right? Uh,
2: well... Know? I, I don't, if I start talking now, you won't get through. so I'll, I'll save it.
1: <laughs> yes. No, obviously kidding. For our more confessional um, uh, liturgical listeners, that was truly a joke. I spent a number of years, I think I've mentioned that before, in the PCA. And uh, my church that I was a part of, not very far from where we are right now, was, um, I wouldn't say high liturgical, but sort of standard PCA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we read the Apostles' Creed, I should say collectively recited it uh, every week. Uh certainly we did the Lord's Prayer every week. I can't remember if we did the debts or the trespasses. You know, you a mm, little right. nuance there, and everybody panics in a church where they don't know. They they get quiet. Which is it gonna be? Yeah, and listen <laughs> to everybody oh, forgive us, sir. Trespasses! <laughs> um and so the um so I've got a you know, good bit of background there. Um I think I would say there's some tremendous benefits as I see um liturgically speaking. Um <clears throat> There is a sense of uh, of collective learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is interesting. You picture kids that grow up in a church and they might recite something. And whether it's even gotten to their heart, you know, the old 18 inches thing, you know, obviously we, we can miss it by 18 inches, the distance uh, from our head to, to our heart. Uh, to have that in your head is a pretty cool thing. So there's kind of a cool uh, uh, catechizing effect that liturgical churches do. I look at churches that are even... Not very, I, to use the term, gospel-centered, maybe liberal Protestant, but their liturgy is pretty darn good. Because yeah. it's old. It's old. Mm. And what people are getting, whether it's they get solid. it or not, is really deep.
2: You know, Debbie and I were on vacation, and we went with some friends to their very liberal Episcopal church. Uh-huh. And the entire liturgy part of it was phenomenal mm-hmm. and scriptural and solid sound. Then the guy preached, and I threw up. <laughs> <off. laughs> then all Oh man, the contrast was amazing. That,
1: that's a good point. It's almost like the liturgy—not that they're necessarily aware of it—serves almost like as an indictment. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, oh. against the the pablum.
2: It spoke truth, even though they didn't realize it yes. or something.
1: Yeah. So I, I think there's something really neat there. It's historic, it's, like you said, it's old. I mean, I think wow, maybe hundreds of years ago, other believers that I will not ever meet until I cross over we reciting these things, saying these things, practicing these things. Um, and that's just one aspect of it. Um, and I would say f- for me personally, when I was in the, in the PCA, uh, which I'm indebted to, I mean, I learned so many wonderful things there in, in my time that have stayed with me for years. Um, like the Lord's prayer, just as one per instance, I, I struggled with it because we did it every week. Hmm. It was usually, there was a pastoral prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was different, uh, depending on who was doing it, it was usually a pastor or an elder and I could tell they put thought into it related to the theme that was going to come out of the sermon. Um, and I remember being a young 20 something really fervent in my desire to worship God and got this great, you know, the Lord's and I would say it. Um, and I remember there were times I felt very frustrated because it was just feeling rote and sort of meaningless to me and I'm not projecting that was me. So uh, I guess in more recent years, being a pastor of a contemporary church, I think you're going to say similar things, Steve. We've incorporated a few elements, um, and I find that using them sparingly um, is is helpful. Um, I, quick anecdote here. We all know our mutual friend, Doug Dempsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, years ago, he was at a service where I, I introduced a uh, – uh, I think it was a responsive reading, like a Good Friday service or something, where you know an elder read his part and the congregation echoed back. Got so much positive feedback because we never done it. Hmm. So people are like, wow, that was I really enjoyed you know Isaiah fifty three reading that together as a congregation and hearing it. And Doug just came up to me afterwards and he was like, Hey, I just got a question for you, man. Do you uh that that kind of liturgy thing we did tonight, man? Like, like I mean, what do you think about that? Are you like into that? And I said, well, you know what, Doug? And I told him my background on the PCA. I said, for me, you do it every week. It might lose something. But you do it occasionally. I think it would be very powerful. And he goes, do you? Yeah. Yeah, because
0: I don't.
2: (laughs) 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 Uh, That's all he said. Then he left. (laughs) uh, All right. Thank you, brother. I don't. So
1: I think he let me know his opinion. He did, didn't he? So my random thoughts on it. Your, Steve?
2: Yeah, we, uh, like you said, we've introduced a uh, kind of a lightened version. It's like the Bud Light version of right, liturgy. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I hope it's better than dog urine. Um, <laughs> so one of the things I really like about it is that on every Sunday we worship, just through the liturgy itself, and the liturgy in our case is a few comments by the guy who's leading it, but mainly scripture reading. Some of it's responsive, some of it isn't. Yeah. So there's a call to worship. There's a confession of sins. There's, this is the part I really love you're granted assurance of forgiveness of sins if you're in Christ. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting there and you've been an awful sinner that week, and you're sitting now in the presence of God and just feeling awful about it. And the part about confession made you feel awful about it. There's also a part where you say, "Ah, oh, yes, yeah, forgiveness of sins, thank you, Lord." You know, yeah, I like that part. Um, what's that say about me, huh? So uh, you, you get the gospel, yeah, in every service, woven into that little liturgy, which is basically scripture reading. I like that. But here's how we came about it. Um, one of our elders reads a lot. That's good. He ought to. His name's Jason. Jason Judy. You guys know him. Yep. So Jason reads a lot of articles about uh, what are millennials looking for in worship. And mm-hmm. and uh, he began talking to us a lot. Hey, they they want more historical connectedness, contemporary like we are, but yet with historical roots. Um, so why don't we try some liturgy? So the other elders, none of us have any background whatsoever in liturgical worship. Wow. He does yeah. where he came from. I have zero. And to me, I had zero interest in it. I like the really free-flowing, spontaneous, almost, natural, or at least the look of spontaneity. Right. So uh, anyway, listening to him, we decided, well, let's give it a try. So we talked to our congregation about it at a little core meeting, and people said, yeah, let's let's give us a go for six months. So we did. We just got feedback from the people. They thought we were a little too formal, a little too much, a little too this. Let's, mm. let's, let's change it a little so we've changed it a little. Personally, I love it now. Wow. And, and I was a naysayer. Wow. Um, Of course, we all know scripture doesn't tell us anything about what your form of worship ought to be. Oh, yes, it does, brother. Wait a minute. Have you not heard of the regulative principle? You know, (laughs) I really love Francis Schaeffer. And he wrote The Church at the End of the 20th Century, back in the, what, 70s, I guess, 60s, 70s. And in that book, he talks about form and freedom. And he says, when it comes to gathered worship, there are really very few forms, and all the rest is freedom. Mm -hmm. The forms ought to be somebody ought to preach, you know. Uh, somebody ought to, whatever his list was, it was very short, but the rest, you figuring out how to do it is up to you. So there's nothing in scripture. We all know that says you ought to have a liturgical approach or you ought to have a free flowing charismatic approach or whatever we can take our pick. And I guess the, the one that works best for where you are and who you're trying to reach is probably the one you ought to have.
1: Yeah. 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 Well said. And your background Nathan, is probably more. Well, probably all of our. I had, a, like I said, my stint in the PCA. Yeah. Had a charismatic background.
0: Yeah. It's it's funny because, um, you know, a lot of people ask, and I. I'm a denominational mutt. I mean, I've grown up all <laughs> over the place. Um, we were in an uh, Assembly of God church for a while. We were in a Baptist church for a while. We were in a uh, Nazarene church for a while. Yeah. So like, I've really been all through the gamut of things, right. Wesleyan church in college, yeah. so really all over the place. Um, Joy grew up in a PCA church, yeah. so a lot of liturgy in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really all over the place, exposed to a lot of different. Types of worship. Yeah, um, I, I can tell you that. Not as big of a fan of the Assembly of God uh-huh. services that I was in. Yeah. Um, that was a little too free flowing for me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's 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 interesting because part of me, it's so hard to separate your own conversion experience or yes. you, you know, yeah. you know, however that happened. For me whenever I'm in a high liturgical setting. And again, I want the audience to know this. This is me. I'm not giving gospel here. There's always this lurking suspicion. uh, These people are just playing church. Mm. They're just repeating words. Part of it is because the only churches that I had ever gone to, um, ever, uh, and I didn't go to a church. I was about 14 or 15 at, at a Catholic funeral of a boy who was killed in my high school. Um, Maryland is such a heavily Catholic state and you just do know so many for lack of a better term, nominal Catholics that um, don't necessarily think about their faith think about God, think about their life, but they go to church Mm -hmm. and at church everybody knows what to do like I'm always amazed about that how how do these people, this dude I just saw half drunk on his deck knows when to say and also with you Uh Uh, (laughs) uh, peace be upon you, I'm like he knows it all so there's a sense in which Again, this is all experiential, not not biblical, not gospel, experiential, subjective impression that, boy, there is a way to kind of play church and say the right yeah. words uh, that sound good and theologically sound and flowing, totally divorced mm-hmm. from the heart. So there's this part of me that always felt early on, like, got to make sure people's hearts are engaged mm. So, in my mind, and I think this is erroneous now that I look back on it there was a you can't bring that liturgical stuff in there, yeah because mm. you 've got to have everything conversational, real, authentic, but a lot of that is just my own subjective grid and experience, yeah, mm-hmm. and I do think, to your point jason's um articles that he reads and that sort of thing there's no doubt my only criticism of those articles, and i don't know which ones he's read but the the spirit sometimes they 're a little black and white. Because I, when I talk to millennials, not all of them yeah, want right. liturgy. Some do. Some want you know, more connectedness. So I, I think there is a, you, you kind of figure it out. Hmm. Um, but I will say when people aren't used to it and they read a responsive reading or they hear something that sounds antiquated, it's kind of cool.
2: Yeah. Yes. And
1: I think it's like, wow, this is larger than my little yeah. 21st yes. century yeah. life. Yeah. And that's nice. And that's nice. Yeah.
2: Something to help prepare me for uh, accepting some liturgy at Trinity church is, uh, there's a church in Philadelphia called Liberty, L I B E R T I. It's actually a group of little churches called Liberty. They're connected and they were planting a Liberty in Harrisburg. And I know one of the pastors up in Philly, he asked if we could help. And one summer I spent every Sunday night up there in Harrisburg, preaching for those people, leading them in worship and stuff while they're getting their feet up and running. So, uh, now there are 250 people, and, you know, a going church, a great place. I've preached there recently, and they had full blown, and as far as I'm concerned, liturgy. Wow. Yeah. But I really liked it. It was huh. well done, and it took us through the gospel, and it felt natural, and I never had any of those thoughts about, Neat. is this just people mouthing things, and do they really mean it in their hearts? Sure. Well, it felt very authentic to me. Yes. So that kind of paved the way for me. So when our elder Jason said, hey, let's think about liturgy, I had some knowledge of what that might look like, and it was good knowledge.
1: Neat.
0: Nice. I will say, um, one of the neatest experiences I had was uh, when we were in the Wesleyan Church in college, and... They used it sparingly, and so one of the times they used it was uh, the the pastor was preaching a series on the lord 's prayer, and yeah. so every day we would recite the lord 's prayer, yeah. but it was only while we were in that section right um, and hmm. so you know when when bigger things came up, we would go ahead and we would incorporate it uh, but it wasn't it wasn 't all the time yeah. it was i think in the four years I was there, maybe once a year we did something in conjunction with something like that, yeah. um, where you were reciting it. But I thought that was really neat because it really did help reinforce what he was saying. Yes. Um, you know, through that series. Yes. Hmm.
1: That you're onto something there, Nathan. There's something about there's, there's something so powerful when, uh, like Dave Shive, our, our friend has a, a great message. He's, he's done it here before teaching lecture. I don't know what format, uh, he usually does it in, um, where he breaks down the Lord's prayer. Yeah. Um, and to me, like you spend two hours and he goes through it so carefully and okay, what l- let's really examine this hallowed be thy name thing. You yeah. Know, what, what, what does that mean? Let's compare it to other verses and you, you really spend some time in it. Like I was almost eager. I, I and I told David, this, I wish we had said the Lord's prayer at the end of that mm. teaching. Yeah. Cause now Couldn't it's wait like, wait now, huh? all this truth has been infused mm. in my thinking and now I want the vehicle. Mm because, And we've all had that too. You've ever, you know, to me, the slam dunk, Steve, is when your worship leaders are on the same page and the end of your sermon so beautifully ties into the song. Yes. Uh, and then you can almost feel it among the congregation. People are declaring things they've just heard yeah. and learned so specifically in a song. And it's powerful. Hmm. So I do think, um, you know, sort of a, a conscious liturgy, where you're explaining to people the significance of it, um, often what happens, I think, to your point, Stephen, that little liberal Episcopal Church you went to, it, that probably hasn't been explained because, sadly, mm. the people in charge might not even believe it. Yes. Yeah. So for years, it just becomes a a thing, mm. right? Uh, an atmospheric um, expression that just always ongoing in the church walls, and you know, it, it's. Um, It's strange to me. So I think for churches that do them to constantly say, Hey, here's one of the reasons why we read this statement. Here's one of the reasons why we do it. And that, you know, can be helpful.
2: Pretty
0: nice. Very cool. Um, so, kind of sticking with this theme of, of worship. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, music styles. Yeah. Um, and, and with music styles, we'll speak to volume because I know that tends to be, uh, a bigger complaint within churches is, you know, you'll hear some people, oh man, it just, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't loud enough. It really didn't do anything for me. And then, you know, some people are like, oh my gosh, that was so loud. I thought my eardrums were, <laughs> yeah. so let's go ahead and, um, just play with that a little bit. Uh, styles of of music worship um, and, and with that, you know, the volume and all the things that go with that. So Steve, we'll go ahead and start a little bit with you on this one. This is very timely.
2: <laughs> we just happen to have people discussing this matter in our church these days. What's the, what's the right volume? So uh, we use a little volume meter. You can buy it at Radio Shack for, I don't know what, 30 bucks or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, we tell our PA guys, here's where you're capping it. Here's where we want it. If you're getting above that, you're too loud. So we can always be pretty objective about what our overall volume is. But um, we definitely have different opinions. I'm on the loud end, personally. Uh Like, I like it loud. This is personal preference. Uh Uh, I do have scripture for it. Like if you look at musical passages, yeah, like loud instruments, right? Right. They're banging cymbals. You can't hit cymbals and just go ding. (laughs) Cymbals make a lot of noise, man. They're decibels, (laughs) all right? Right. So uh, the Old Testament says loud. The New Testament doesn't really say loud or soft. But um, I'm on the louder end. If you're going to choose the rock genre for worship, part of rock is loud. You need amps that go to 11. Yeah. <laughs> you, need, you need to be able to crank the thing up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so here, I'll, I'll let a little cat out of the bag, and somebody at our church will listen to this and chuckle, I hope. Um, I recently told our PA guys that we're going to find out when this frogs, you know, you put the frog in the – in the pot and you turn it up and when do they start screaming? (laughs) We're going to find out when the frogs scream. Just inch it up a little bit this week. Yeah. Inch it up a little bit more next week. Go up a little bit more. And then we found out. (laughs) All right. The frogs are screaming now. Um, But what was interesting to me is uh, we had it at a decibel level that you could listen to all year long and you will not sustain any ear damage. Yes. It didn't physically hurt anybody. It couldn't possibly uh, so, when people say it 's too loud and they 're pretty emotional about that yeah. it 's too loud, what they 're really saying is i don 't like it at yes. that volume that is what they 're saying, yeah. yeah, yeah, so you know the question then becomes, do we allow a couple people and their opinion about volume to control the volume that the whole church is going to hear or not hear, or do we help them understand we can 't just suit you here um, there are other people who really. Worship better with it loud, but here's what the issues really come down to in our church. We have a group of people who feel that uh, based on the wording of Ephesians, speaking to one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that I should be able to hear the voices of all the other people. Mm-hmm. So if the music's too loud and I can't hear the voices of all the other people, then the music's too loud. It's not scriptural anymore. Uh, on the other hand, you have people like me. I used to sing better. And now I sing worse. Uh-huh. I'm very conscious that I don't sing as well as I used to so sing. So louder,
1: the more bold you are to sing.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't want you to hear me. No, but, I wanna, but I want to. But I want to sing out, man. I want to shout. I'm and getting Steve, excited. I want to tell.
1: Bro, I don't want to hear you. either. yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. But you don't want to hear me. Either. <laughs> We're in it together. <laughs> right.
2: So. Uh, so yeah, there are a lot of people who will sing better if the music is louder. So there are those people saying, crank it up, man. I want to sing. I want to sing. And then there are other people saying, turn it down because I want to hear them all sing. Uh, We're going to have to make a decision which of those rules at Trinity Church. Wow. So we're looking to you for wisdom today. (laughs)
0: Let me just ask you real quick, Steve. Do you think there's a balance somewhere in there for both as you're taking a drink and I'm stalling for time? Well,
2: Well, I do, especially
0: in this sense. Let's
2: say we have a a given song, song A here, and it's a pretty loud song. Yeah. Um, Chances are, it's got a whole stanza in it where the instruments barely play. Yeah. So everybody gets their thing. You know, you get you get a stanza and a chorus, or you get the next song is going to be the whole song going to be very quiet. Yeah. You get that whole song that's very quiet. Can we all like accept each other on this? Mm -hmm. So the loud parts are okay, the quiet parts are okay. We're all going to be okay. Yeah. I think that would be a good
1: idea. Nice. Well, I got to tell you guys, this is, you talk about timely. I mean, this is as timely as, as can be. Uh, there's many ways to get messages out. Uh, I'm glad this is in a radio show <laughs> because I, I hear radio so, uh, shows sometimes. I heard a talk show host years ago uh, say he got heat and I never knew, but it's a FAA violation or something. If you um, try to give personal messages, like like really? he said something to his wife. You can't do that, huh? No, you, apparently you can't. But on the podcast, I don't think there's anything regulated. So I'll do it. say what you want. Um, Al Myers, uh, who is a regular listener to this podcast, we all know him. Great dude. Hi, Al. Hey, Al. How how are you? He's trust me. He's going to hear this as soon as it comes out. He always does. Uh, I've been I've been assigned to talk to you a month now. <laughs> but ah, I went ah, on ah, vacation. Ah, ah, <laughs> So I'm saying it. Al, uh, we'll tell you this. Al, at a, we have three services in the eight thirty. Tends to be, surprise, surprise, some of our older folks.
2: hmm They've been up since 4.30. Exactly, that are up. Waiting to go to worship. And
1: it is at that service that inevitably one of, in my opinion, three or four people will go to Al at some point. And Al is just a tremendous servant. And they will say it's too loud. So too loud. Al will normally run to the sound room and say, hey, guys, we're getting some feedback. So Al, I've been, I've been assigned to talk to you about this. I'm supposed to tell you, and I'm doing that through the podcast <laughs> um, we're, we're going to start saying, uh, no to those people. And that's oh. not, a, that's not a simple. we're going to start saying no, we're not, uh-huh. we're not trying to be mean about it. So, uh, I'm going to use that as a message to Al and then as a launching point for this point, part of it is, uh, same thing. Uh, one of our sound guys, Josh Mitchell who has been a guest here, mm-hmm. um, and has, has, helped us has the same decibel meter level thing. I, I can't remember the number. He told me it's something like anything under a hundred or whatever the number is. You're um, fine. You're fine. Can't do any harm to the ear. Yeah. So people can't say, well, uh, at least
2: not in that amount of time.
1: Yes. Yes. So that you, you kind of got a baseline and we can say objectively, Hey, this isn't harming anybody. Um, so at that point it becomes a matter of preference. Uh, and one of the reasons that we, we, we don't want to, uh, succumb any longer is not to be rude to that small group of people that don't like it. Number one in our sanctuary the way it's designed, this could be a good or bad thing. There's other places to sit. Some yes. people some people sit right under the speaker.
2: In most rooms there are. Yes. There's and dead spots. There's, there's live dead spots.
1: spots. There's other spots. So if it's really driving you that nuts, yeah. there is an answer. We're not driving people away. The other thing is we've always said we try to keep all three of our services the same. Hmm. Um that's a value that we share, you know, and that's not to denigrate churches that do the traditional and contemporary mm-hmm. We just feel like, okay, we want the only necessary evil dividing our congregation being time and space. So we can't Mm -hmm. get all of our people here in one space at the same time. So we have three services right now. Um, And uh, we thought, so we're going to adjust the sound for one and not the others. We really want the same experience, Mm -hmm. same sermon, same songs to approximate what happens at one service, the other two across the board. So – that's a very timely issue for us right now. And I'm expecting, I wonder how many frogs are going to start Interesting. screaming. Interesting. <laughs> but I will say I can verify this from my experience. I will sometimes walk around the sanctuary and um, when, when, the, when the sound is softer, the music is softer, the volume is less, I notice a decrease in singing. People aren't singing as loudly. Mm-hmm. And because they're self-conscious. They're self-conscious right. Exactly yeah. right.
2: Hey, you know, I, I would go to a church that had any volume. I don't care. You know, Who cares, ultimately, really. If it was really, really loud, which it would be hard to be too loud for me. I like loud. Yeah. But uh, if it was too loud for me, I wouldn't expect they have to turn it down for me because it's too loud for me. I would just get my earplugs. And when the music starts, I'd put my little earplugs in my ears. And when the music's done, I'd take my little earplugs out, and we're all happy. Yes.
0: It's actually funny you say that, Steve. Um, I was just at a church. Uh, it was actually the beginning of uh, July. Or, or I'm sorry, no, 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 it was it was earlier than that. It was uh, back toward February because um, I didn't go with these friends to to their church service. Not because I didn't like the church service. Just clarifying, uh, we just didn't have time and and various other reasons. But walked into the service and uh, they had ushers there handing out earplugs to people. I've heard wow. other churches
2: doing that. Wow. They just if yeah. you want them, here yeah, they if are. you want
0: them, here they are. Um, and and I get. I don't know how I necessarily felt about that. Um, my and, and here's you're the, referred during the sermon. Here, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. It, here's yeah, the reason is that to me, nap. if if you're sitting there handing out earplugs. there is the thought that was running through my mind is this doing damage to me. Uh, uh. And that's, and that's what my thought was. If you, if Uh. you're playing the music so loud that it's doing damage and I need these, and that's the thing I, you know, I didn't sit there and ask the person that was just the only thought that was running through my mind. Are you playing the music so loud that I need these so that I don't sustain any hearing, Hmm. um, issues? Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think, you know, I think, um, I, I agree fairly well with both of you that, you know, there, there is something to, certain songs just require you to turn up the volume yeah. you know mm-hmm. and I think everyone can attest to that when you're in the car and you're listening to the radio everyone has their songs that they'll turn up and they'll just they'll blast and I'm sure it is not at a safe mm-hmm. decibel mm-hmm. level. just
1: anybody turn down Journeys don't stop <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: turn that one down I really want to appreciate the yeah there's a few people in our church who <laughs> turn that one down <laughs> Or off, right? right, right. (laughs) Next station. Um, But I think you know. I think there is something like you were saying, Steve, to there being both because there is there is something musically even when you just turn the instruments off and the congregation is singing acoustically. Mm -hmm. Now, I think to be very effective, I I think you need a strong worship leader to lead someone Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But. But there is also something to just jamming out and, you know, listening to, to the instruments that God has given us as well and appreciating what they can do and the power that's behind them and, you know, how they can project that. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Well, you know, and can I get, let me push a little bit, a little bit, maybe cliche, maybe it's not cliche. I just feel this fear, uh, that people might view it as that, but. Just take great singing moments in Scripture. I mean, I don't, Exodus fifteen, right? Here I am tonight. My son has been texting me. I so pumped. We're doing what we call action camp tonight at our church. Mm-hmm. It's vacation Bible school, really. We do it in the evenings and uh, it, it runs great here. And uh, just so many people come out and make it a, a, a great event. I I do all the teaching, which has been really fun. It's the only time I mm-hmm. ever get to interact with the kids. Mm-hmm. So because they're in, in four groups. And they come uh, to the teaching station. I'm teaching in a boat this year, apparently, because it's water world is the theme. So my son, Ben, is going to be my teaching assistant. Nice. 13. So he's sending me all kinds of stuff because we're doing the Red Sea tonight. Because it's, you know, e- every lesson has water in it. Obviously.
2: They should have put you in one of those things like you have at the, at the circus or at the carnival where you throw the ball and hit the right. and, you, <laughs> and you fall in the water. I, I, I've been in one of those before. Right? <laughs> I find people
1: eventually stop throwing the balls and just start pressing the, <laughs> yeah. pressing Press the, the lever. Uh, but I am, um, yeah, I'm pumped about it, man, because I love it. I, I get to hang out with the little kids of the church and you teach the same lesson like 15 minutes each time as they go through their groups and stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about the, you know, the, you know, the people of God coming through the Red Sea tonight and and the waters party and Exodus 15, this, this worship experience. I don't know. I I just, there's events in scripture that, uh, you wonder, was it quiet? Hmm. Yeah. Where people are like, oh, no, let's have a reverent hush tone,
2: Yeah.
1: Or is there a shout and a scream and not all the time. I've realized that. There's other passages that speak of a quiet approach. Mm -hmm. But there's a diverse approach. And what I would say to anybody, if your worship is always high octane, never quiet and contemplative, they probably need to give some thought. Mm -hmm. If it's always quiet and contemplative, then I think, wait a minute, and this is where I, I get a little cliche. I know when you go to your your favorite sports team, yeah, there you go, yeah. you cheer, uh-huh. yeah, you know, and I mean, scream your head off like a nut. I mean, yeah. yeah, because a guy busts into the end zone and scores six points, you know, and I'm like, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, but is there a sense in yeah. which, and I I will say I love it, uh, and I've found this in in a lot of churches when you sing in Christ alone. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's what's become kind of a modern hymn really by when you Gattis. get to up from the grave up from the grave. Yeah. And you'll you'll Sucker hear builds, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. yeah Cause it's uh-huh. so the way the music even corresponds to the right. words is, is, is so powerful. You know, yeah, you're in it. the ground as body lay mm-hmm. light of the world by darkness, lay, then bursting forth in glorious day. I mean, it, I want to say, I don't want to judge hearts, but I'm saying, is there any part of someone to, that doesn't want to erupt at that yes. as you're thinking about yeah. it? and, and so, Sometimes, uh, Matt Smith has a great uh, example of this. I don't know if he stole it from somebody um, or it's his. So Matt, I'll say it's yours for now and then you can correct people next time you're on. He says occasionally, because often people say, well, the only reason I don't want to be loud or is I want to maintain a, a reverence. You know, and that, that word, just, there's a, a proper reverence. And you know, he always says, you know, there, there are times where being quiet is completely <clears throat> irreverent, case <clears throat> in point. Uh, State of the Union address, right? I'd love to be that dude who comes out, right? Opens the big doors. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. What does everybody do? You stand up and the applause goes for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. because the occasion calls for it. So he said, I mean, it would almost be out of sorts if a dude is sitting there in the chair with his arms crossed. Oh, I'm appreciating the moment. Mm. Quietly. You know, I mean, there is a time where that might be out of sync with the tone yeah. that's there. I realize it's subjective. Yeah. Because um, I will often say, sometimes I'm in meetings with, with, um, with folks and they'll say, nobody's worshiping. And I'll, I'll try to caution and say, well, hold on. We, we don't really know don't that. that. I mean, right. people might not be demonstrative. Um, but I know a guy here, um, I, uh, my friend Don, who comes to our church. I always say this about the most even keeled dude I've, I've ever known. Mm-hmm. And the example I've always given Don is if you were to, to say to Don, um, hey Don, man, I, I'm so sorry while you've been here at work today your whole house burned to the ground every every picture you've ever everything you've ever earned is gone you know, it's just completely burned to the ground he'd probably say hmm, mm, thanks okay. thanks for letting me know yeah. <laughs> and if you told him, hey Don, man, you just won $5 million mega millions uh, and it's yours, you know, uh, you know the check is waiting for you when you get home wow, th- thanks for letting me know so that dude <laughs> that, that's who he is and when he worships he has to be who he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might be a little more suspicious of the um the loud guy as I often am, the vocal guy who's expressive and spontaneous. And when he worships if none of that comes through, it's, you make right. you scratch your head a little. Yeah, bit. what's yeah. going on there, huh? Yeah.
0: Now let me let me throw this out there to you guys um because I I've been in some churches before where i mean let 's face it churches aren 't necessarily always known for getting the best talent out there musically <laughs> um, and if you 're playing the music loud when you don 't have as you know well played well talented musicians. Do you think that might be a ca- an occasion to, you know, make a technical decision to mm. not turn the music up as loud? <laughs> yeah. Because to me, I don't have a terrific musical ear, but I have just enough of one to know that, that when a note, sucks. well, to know when a note is missed here and there <laughs> right. and things like, and it, when it's missed here and there, it's not an issue. But if there's someone who, you know, maybe they're up there for the first time, they're nervous, they're, you know, getting their feet underneath them. To me, that would be a a distraction to the worship in that case what are your What are your thoughts wow. on that? Good. you know maybe maybe a group is coming together and they're trying to feel each other out they're trying to learn together and work together and maybe it's hey this is this is the best we've got is a guy who played the guitar in the fifth grade, and you know he's twenty years old now and he's helping us out by playing it again um
1: well i I have an answer for it, Nathan to that before Steve jumps in and i I, I think this these words of wisdom will will speak to it. It's
2: on stage, but it's very very special because if you can see, yeah. the numbers all go to eleven. Look <laughs> right across the board, oh. eleven, oh, eleven, and most eleven, <coughs> and the
0: amps go up to ten.
1: Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one
2: louder. It? <laughs> it's not ten. You see, most most blokes are going to be playing at ten. You're on ten here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on ten on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. <laughs> what we do is, if we
0: need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to eleven, 11. exactly. One loud. Why don't you just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder? To <laughs> I just figured a year and a half into it, we might as well play the clip. Play that <laughs> sometime, <huh?
1: laughs> now, Steve, would you take a shot at answering, uh, answering Nathan's very good Seriously,
2: Yeah, this isn't exactly what you're asking, but we will have musicians that we're breaking in, uh-huh. and maybe they're not so good at their, their piece yet. And we actually have the guys at the soundboard keep them down mm-hmm. during Sunday worship. You can't even hear them. So let's say you're the guitarist and you're not really a very good guitarist. Sure. Uh, you're probably great, right? But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we'll just have to say, you know, make it so nobody really hears Nathan today. Yeah. And then Nathan gets experience. He's getting used right. to it. Sure. He's working on his craft. And when he gets better, we'll crank him up a sure. little bit. yeah. So that says, yes, I believe there's validity to keeping the volume down if somebody lacks the skill level mm-hmm. to, uh, to be up. So if you really lack the, uh, the talent base, you might not be able to crank your music up so loudly. On the other hand, you know, if they're adequate musicians go ahead and turn them up. Yeah. Um, You know, it's not like they're, if if they were performing and no one's singing along, it would be one thing. But if people are all singing along, you don't hear them as well Mm -hmm. anyway because you're singing. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a good reason to turn them down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I know, Nathan, historically. I don't know what, I think now at CFC because, um, Uh, Again, our three services, Mm -hmm. and we're we're aware that we're taxing our people. Mm -hmm. That coming up on a full three years now, yeah, which is a lot. Um, by each
2: by each band member a latte, man.
1: Yes, absolutely, dude. They they deserve the world on a string. But uh, Josh Mitchell has worked hard to. That's why we have had we rarely have a full band. Yeah uh because mm-hmm. we just it's it's kind of like a uh, a major league uh manager with his bullpen you you yep. can't gash your bullpen can put them all out there and we've got a lot of services to cover and we got to space them so that has made auditions which might be an interesting question mm-hmm. something we've done we've only done it i think twice now mm-hmm. where a person comes out and they audition um and we have uh usually Andrew mm-hmm. who uh you know leads the worship here Josh obviously Josh Jones another guy that Uh, Is great, helps us a lot And Ed Noss, who's one of our elders Not a musician, but just kind of represents The lay perspective Mm -hmm. Hey, this is what, you know I I, I need to be led when I sing And so I'm looking for a guy that can carry a tune Or can, you know, do it So he's in on it Um, And because we normally only have two people up there Sometimes three It's harder to hide In the Mm -hmm. past, when we've had Mm -hmm. five or six people up there I know for a fact, and Al, I'm calling you out again he very wisely would recommend somebody, hey, turn down my three. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> That's right. Because maybe yeah. the person uh-huh. is good, but that day they were off.
2: Yeah. Hey, yeah. but listen, I got to worship at your church, what, a couple months ago? Yeah. You guys invited me over? Yeah. And uh, I think you had three pieces up front that day. Uh-huh. Uh, a young guy who isn't as young as he looks yeah. on guitar and vocals, uh-huh. a, a girl, and then somebody else. Anyway, um, they did a really fine job yeah, yeah yeah the vocals were on yeah the music was on, they, serious they, they did great That's yeah all. let, let, let me just clarify
0: hard. i'm not referring specifically to cfc or <laughs> to <laughs> no, I trinity know, i, hey, I, I want to go speak back to of what we know right? uh, i want to go back to the word reverence please this is yeah. a little bit
2: of a pet peeve of mine so uh-huh. i'm eager to go back to this who started the idea that reverence is quiet i know I yeah yeah that that if it's reverent they say oh I liked it it was so reverent it was so quiet it was so God honoring listen to some of the words of Psalm 150 praise him with tambourine and dance praise him with strings and pipe praise him with sounding cymbals praise him with loud clashing cymbals uh oh God wrote that he just became (laughs) irreverent God, that's irreverent. You can't have loud and reverent. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be praising with soft little tinkling symbols. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, reverence can be loud. Yeah. Yes. And we are revering God in our souls while we're screaming our guts out. Right.
1: Well, dude, I I got it. It's not a church I've been a part of, so anybody who knows my history can't drag it out. I know of a church who somebody brought up that same point you just made and they said well, that's why every Christmas we have our handbell choir. <laughs> <laughs> that's their that way of saying hey, that's sort of when they do something. When we 50. bust
0: out and do that, huh? <laughs> Thinking, just, we rocked the handbell choir. The handbell, <laughs> the six people do <laughs> that the, That's,
2: that's the, the loud cymbals. That's the loud,
1: crashing kind See, of Psalm picture.
2: 150 is made for drummers, man. Oh, that's dude, a yeah. great song. Oh, loud yeah. cymbals are in that song.
1: Absolutely. And, and they're, they're just times. What other response is there? I mean, it's.
2: And then I honestly know people who somehow think that, well, that was Old Testament. And now that we're in the New Testament era, loud symbols would be offensive, would be irreverent, would be yeah. out. Really? Where does scripture say that what was God honoring in Psalm 150 became evil in Ephesians 5? Right, mm. right. Exactly. No, nah, man. Loud symbols are still cool with God. Yeah.
1: Oh, dude, absolutely, man. I mean, I... Uh, well, we, and we were talking recently, uh, uh, I th- this would have been a great podcast to bring in some of our worship leaders. Last mm-hmm. week I met with, um, five or six of them at, uh, Sean Nolan, our, uh, our new youth pastor's house. We had a great time. Uh, Sean Bolins. Yeah. Sean you know? Bolins. Yeah. That's another good place to meet too. <laughs> a little local fair. Sean Nolan. Uh, he was playing bachelor. His wife was away uh, last week with the kids and we met at his house and just, it was a joy to talk about worship and where we're going as a church, what we're trying to pursue, mm-hmm. And, uh, these guys just had great, great insights and they were talking about African American worship. Uh, and just, uh, one of the guys there was very open, very vulnerable and just said, man, I, I I'm this white guy in the suburbs and I was hanging hmm. out with these black guys worshiping and it was just phenomenal. And hmm. he says, and he was honest He goes, would I want to worship like that every week, the rest of my life? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But there was something powerful about the experience and he, he'd like more of it. So we got to talking about. Uh, you know, that, so there's so many angles to this issue with worship, which is why, um, to go back on the regular principle, which we've talked about in some other podcasts before. Oh, my
2: favorite doctrine. Uh,
1: oh my goodness. Yes, <laughs> I always love the regular principle that's elevated to uh, biblical authority when it's never mentioned in scripture. But anyway, that's yeah, just interesting. a little, but peeve. I, I understand it's derived from scripture, etc. Supposedly. So. Yes. You know, that's what, what people would say. Um, but I always find it a little suspect when the regulative principle happens to uh, conveniently align with everything you like. Um, <laughs> sort of like the um, the Babylon Bee article, if you saw that. Recently. Oh, yeah. The headline it was like, man who's led by the spirit in every decision coincidentally does everything he likes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Isn't that good? Well, what a coincidence. A regulative principle just matches your taste and preferences perfectly. I I mean, to me, the dude who's saying, man, I'm I'm constrained by the regulative principle and uh, yeah, we're not doing this, even though I would love it. I don't see that as often. Maybe it happens.
2: Furthermore, the regulative principle, if they'll be honest about it, it does not say one thing about style. Right. It only talks about what are the several elements you include in your worship. And that's (laughs) going to be the same as everybody's doing anyway. It's read scripture, pray, baptize, do communion, preach the word. Uh, What am I missing? take up an offering, make some announcements. You yeah. can find all those in scripture. Yeah. But it doesn't say anything about what style, what do you mm-hmm. wear, what do you look but, like.
1: But Steve, I once read a entire justification of the regulative principle in the church's bulletin, which interestingly enough, a church bulletin isn't mentioned in scripture. But, <laughs> but the church bulletin Oops. was given to describe the regulative principle. And they said, you can read about the regulative principle in your church bulletin. And I was like, are did they hand out bulletins of Corinth? Did they hand out <laughs> bulletins at, uh, you know... Anyway, that's just a, a little issue. Debbie uh, and I, it, uh,
2: the regulative principle is a pet peeve with us because we've yeah. lived through it. So we use that phrase in a derogatory way. Yeah. About <laughs> many things, like, like the subject comes... And, and she'll say, not according to the regulative principle yeah. <laughs> of underwear. <laughs> that's, that's great, dude. Oh my uh, goodness, that
1: is really funny. Um, man.
0: Dude, we are... Uh... We are running down on time here. That was this is
1: a fun one. Yeah,
0: this was great. Yeah. So and we
1: put a lot of planning into this one, didn't we, guys?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> just a little inside baseball for the audience. We had another guest who was under the weather. Yep. Uh, that I was gonna uh, connect with at the end of last week. He emailed me said just was not feeling well. And hey, man, we told him to rest up. Uh, so uh, yeah, this was kind of hey, everybody's back from vacation. We uh, <laughs> we're down a podcast.
2: And,
0: Let's do uh, it.
1: It was kind of these were Steve's creative thoughts i want to give credit where credit's due
2: this, I, i'm gonna cry a little bit because this is the first time they've they've done this <laughs> yeah because <right. laughs> i'm usually topic less yeah you it's it's up right. great topics but you said this morning oh, i don't know what we're gonna what are we gonna talk about yeah. and i had a few ideas yeah. oh, that was last night that, right? yeah that, that was yeah. last
1: night via text so it was hours of planning yes nathan knew about it about five minutes before the podcast started <laughs> so uh, we were there
0: we rolled with it yeah, we did all right well we're gonna go ahead and sign off uh just let everybody know. Um, once we sign off, we'll come back on and do the announcement for, uh, those who won the Tim Challies um, awesome. book. So, all right, guys, we just rocked the Caspa,
1: Regular to principal style.
0: So you all just finished listening to, uh, Greg, Nathan, and Steve, uh, do something for the past hour. I don't know what. (laughs) Um, but, uh, Greg, we do have, uh, Tim Chally's giveaway. Uh, we promised we were going to give away his latest book. So I'm going to let you go ahead and take it away.
1: Yeah, man. I want to thank everybody again for the reviews for the umpteenth time. They are a tremendous help in exposing the podcast to new audiences. Mm -hmm. Number of people that say, Hey, I like uh, happy rant or I like Mm -hmm. such and such. Uh, They'll go on and they'll search for similar podcasts, and the reviews help raise them a little higher on the awareness level. Yep. So, got two to give away two Chally's books. He wrote that tremendous book, Visual Theology, Labor of Love. Thank you, Tim, for writing that. And um, just very helpful. I mean, yep. Doctrine of the Trinity, Doctrine of the End Times, just the charts, the, the graphics are very, very helpful tools. Uh, so, uh, we have a five star review, ladies and gentlemen. From Dan Dan the Party Man. He says, a great little podcast. He says, this oxymoronic podcast title was inspired by the Reverend uh, James King when he called Charlie's a Canadian man. I love the podcast, appreciate the laughs, and I'm grateful for all the great guests you've had on Keep It Up. P.S. I'm still waiting for the follow-up to the Stephen King episode. Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah, that was one of his favorites. So that that is cool.
0: Now, he said oxymoronic. Do you think he just meant moronic? I think, yeah. He's talking about
1: <laughs> us. He clearly meant moronic there is no doubt about it uh and then we've got our second listener is zach fifty five five star review thank you zach well done and informative podcast says this podcast covers a wide variety of topics from a reform perspective the different perspectives are discussed with humility and respect lending to the listener sure he's listening to us i know <laughs> um then gaining a balanced and informed view of the topic at hand thank you zach that was a kind thing to say so uh, I want to say to Zach and to um, who was uh, Dan Dan the Party Man, um, <clears throat> email me. I'm, I'll make it simple this week. Yeah. Dutcher at me.com. Email me. Say, hey, I'm the dude that you read out, Dan Dan the Party Man, Zach 5555, and we'll get you those books. And anybody else who's been waiting for the last few weeks while our vacations have been uh, unfolding, hit me up and we'll take care of
0: you. Awesome. All right. We're done. These go to 11.